He's good, isn't he? God is good. Praise you, Lord. Make sure that you are relying on him. You're not designed for this life without him. You might muddle through, but you're not designed for this life without him. You're just not designed for it. You can try as hard as you want. You can try to fill it with, you can try to fill the God-shaped void in your whole heart, soul, mind, body, and spirit with other things. A lot of you can say, as I have, that you've wasted decades of your life, but better is one day. Psalm 8410, better is one day. You're just not designed, and there's not a soul in this room. There's nobody in this room. There's nobody on planet Earth right now. I don't care where you go, the far reaches of the world, there is not one person that's designed to walk this life without God. You're just not designed for it. Nobody is. Nobody is. It's like uh, trying to mow the yard with your car. It ain't gonna work. It may set your yard on fire, but it ain't gonna work. You can, you'll still be, you'll, it's, it's like life. Life is the yard, right? You'll be on the yard. There ain't no grass getting cut. You're on it. You're going back and forth. But it doesn't work. And I just urge you, yield yourself to God in every area. Go ahead and need him. Amen. Don't need people. Want people. But go ahead and need God. Because you already do anyway. Amen? It's got nothing to do with the message, but I just thought I'd tell you that. So that's all free. That got us to 11.05. God is not a neutral God. He's not a neutral God. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Yes, we are on week four of that. I told you, I never know how long message series are going to go because I pray over them. I don't find them on a website. That's a four-parter right there. And here's the jokes that you say at the 17th minute. Now, I actually pray over the messages that we, you and I, need to hear. If you're discouraged this morning, if anything is wrong, understand that it's not God. You're going to have to take that by force. Well, you know what? I just, you know, my whole family, we're all bipolar. That's all a lie. That's all just a bunch of carnal people who can't control their feelings and emotions. Feelings and emotions, as I've told you often, don't mean anything more than a burp. They're just a biochemical reaction. I'll probably bring in like other things later as examples, but I just thought I'd start off. For the, I try to keep people in the room as long as I can because I know eventually that there's going to be a couple people that get up and go if I start talking about COVID or something. Or the Bible, you know, or, you know. <laughs> People, a lot of Americans will get up and go if you start talking about the Constitution. Things like that are very offensive. But I, I like to look around, and again, the only people that I really can't see, unless I look directly down at you, is like the first three rows, first four rows. Everybody else, I'm looking at your expressions the whole time. I'm watching how you react. Does that change the message? Yeah, it does. It changes. It doesn't change it like if you're grimacing or you're getting mad. That makes me preach it more. So you might want to like fake it. So I just wanted to tell you this morning, if you have a case of the rear end, that's where I miss cussing. If you have a case of the rear end and you're like, you know, I'm just disenchanted right now, you know, just uh, taking a step back and, you know, I'm just going to let myself heal. Those are all lies. It's all the devil or your own carnality or a combination therein. 
any sort of offense like that. I'm not talking about being offended at people right now. I talk a lot about being offended at people because it is one of the death nails of Christians. Christians just walk out of their life with God because some person didn't say hi to them at the church. They just walk out of there because, you know what, uh, I didn't really agree with them taking an offering right there. I walk out of the church because of it, and they just ruin their whole lives. You can be just offended at yourself. You can be offended at God right now. You can be offended at life. You know, we've, we've had a week in my house here where just about everything went wrong. I nearly ran over a guy last night, pulling out of my driveway to the podcast. I mean, it's just one thing after another. I had a guy show up at my house and threaten, a, con- a subcontractor, threaten to tear the roof off my house. I'm like, I'm not even the one that pays you. <laughs> and a little, uh, you know, this little guy shows up at my house. I'm like, people are, I'm gonna get to this in a minute. Where is it at? Page, page three, why is everyone so stupid? That's how that, half of that is titled. <laughs> It's titled that. Half the page is titled, Why Is Everyone So Stupid? This guy shows up, and listen, I'm not claiming to be like Billy Badbutt or someone like that. I'm just saying that this guy shows up, and he is a Hispanic guy, and he's literally he's about like this big. And he comes, and I recognize him, and see, we have our whole house torn up right now because it's still from Hurricane Ian. And because uh, the insurance company is so lovely. But anyway, he shows up. I thought he was the countertop guy. Because so many contractors have been in and out of the house. I, don't, I recognize their face, but I don't recognize roof, countertop, drywall, pool cage. I don't know who they are. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I recognize. So I invite him in. And he starts to threaten my house because, you know, we hire, we hire a contractor who hires a contractor who hires subcontractors who hire subcontractors of subcontractors. I, hire, I pay the first guy. We're 50% down. It's done. I got nothing to do with it. And then when it gets signed off, the rest of the 50%, so I got nothing to do with a subcontractor of a subcontractor. Nothing to do. But the guy shows up at my house. And again, I'm not trying to act like I'm an imposing figure. But you are 5'4". Don't have one ounce of muscle on your entire body. You've managed to pull that off. Plenty of chub, but no muscle. And you're going to start to threaten me. And not only that, but I have a dog right here. It's an 80-pound Malamaw staring at you. So I end up just, you're like, Tom, I'm going to think less of you. I don't care. I mean, you can think of whatever you want. Jesus yelled at people, I yell at people. I mean, if, I, if you need to get yelled at, I'm gonna yell at you. Trust me. You act like really, if someone were to do something really stupid in here right now, don't worry, it'll be taken care of. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Violent will take it by force. Believe me, it's the way that it is. So I just told the guy, get out of my house, and I start yelling at him in the front yard. So, I mean, it, comes out, it, comes, it just comes out of nowhere. So that, that was, I don't know if that was Friday or whatever it was, and then Saturday, yesterday I'm pulling out of the driveway, and nobody, I mean, I'm pulling out of the podcast, it's pitch black, it's 10 o'clock at night, and I pull out, I'm just, and I, I am speeding, pulling out, of the dri- pulling out of my driveway, and I nearly run over this guy. He's running at 10 o'clock at night and all black. I mean, not, there wasn't one, and he had a black beard. Black, the only, only white on the man was right here. I think he even had a black hat on. And his hair was black. Okay, he was all, I mean, I'm like, whoa, 
I mean, I rolled down the window and apologized to the guy, but I'm like, man, this is a weird week. I mean, it was. It was a weird week. There's other stuff going on, too. It was just it was a weird week, but you can't be moved. Amen. You're just like, okay. You know, I told Hope, I said, well, I know there's a giant blessing right around the corner Amen. because the devil is trying to get in the way. The devil's trying to stop it. Now, the devil can't stop God. The devil can only stop your faith. The devil can only stop your belief. If you get into, the, if you get into carnality, again, this has nothing to do with the message, if you get into carnality, then that's unbelief. The devil wants you to operate in the soulish realm. Your soulish realm wants you to operate in the soulish realm. Your carnal realm wants you to operate in the carnal realm. That is the soulish realm. Carnal, again, just means of the five senses. It's actually quite innocent until it's exalted above God, where your feelings are above the word of God. And then if, that, if that's what happens, then you won't receive the blessing that's right around the corner that you've prayed for, that's been delayed for other reasons, oftentimes other carnal actions, thoughts, feelings, emotions that we have that we've given into. But if you don't give in and you don't get distracted and you don't give up, you're gonna get it, you're gonna get the blessing. Let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, Galatians 6, 9, we will. So you just can't let it bother you. You can't. Well, this person didn't show up. Our water's out right now. We have no water. At the house, right now, no water. I mean, luckily, we steal the Dexter's water when we have no water. But whether they know it or not, Hope just attaches a line to their house, and our next it runs over in ours. So we fill up our tank. I don't know if she asks. I don't know what, but... What's there, what's, what's theirs is mine and what's mine is mine. You know, I mean, it's really as simple as that. It's funny because I saw Travis weed whacking yesterday. I'm like, I put him on the clock. It's a weed whacker that's mine. Is that, he uses it too. And then we use their mower. But it only, you only get 30 minutes on it. So I was like waiting. I got 30 minutes and it shuts off. Boom. And you know, then you got to put it in the shade for 15 minutes while it cools down. And I saw it, came back, and I saw it under the shade, sitting, sitting in front of the driveway. <laughs> yeah, that had nothing to do with the message, but got, got you to 11.14. Got about an hour to go. So God is not a neutral God. Neutrality is bad. Amen. See, everyone's afraid to amen it. I get it. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Does that sound neutral to you? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's Joshua 24, 15. Neutrality is not good. Neutrality simply means conquered, willfully conquered without a fight. That's all neutrality means. God is not neutral. Well, you know, I just like to stay in the middle. I don't choose sides. I get that if you don't know both sides. What do you do in law enforcement when you show up at a call? You get both sides. And then you will have to, in, in a way, take a side. Because if, it's, if there's violence going on, somebody's going to go to jail, right? So you're going to have to take a side. Somebody's going to go on the iron bracelet. It's not going to be both parties. Somebody's going to go. So you end up having to take a side. But you don't know. I get it. Stay out of it. What, what do you do? If I, if I go buy a house and there's a couple arguing in the front yard, you know what I do? Stay out of it. I don't need to take sides. But there are certain issues that you're going to, yeah, you have to take sides. Since God knows everything, he's neutral on nothing. 
He's not neutral in any argument. He's not neutral in any conflict. He's not neutral in any benign situation. God is not a neutral God, and neutrality is not an attribute. It's a detriment. You can't be neutral about prosperity. Well, you know, I never believe in prosperity. That's why the Lord of the harvest makes sure that you never prosper. But that's because I just don't believe in it. Yeah, but you're still reaping what you sow. And we just don't believe for healing in our house. That's why everybody's sick. You got them all on their various supplements. Everybody's got a supplement day. Ever see those containers? Seven days a week, they pop them open. There's like, you know, their kelp and their seaweed and their gluta whatever rhinoceros anus, whatever it may be. It's all right there. Ground up rhino anus. They take it, you know, I'm like, and everybody's sick. We don't really believe for divine healing. You're reaping what you sow, even though you think you're right. You think everything is great? No, you're actually reaping what you sow from the Lord of the harvest in Matthew 9, 38. He's not a neutral God. Be not deceived, God is not mocked for whatsoever man sows. That shall he also reap. You can be right and be wrong about being right. Just because you're right doesn't mean it gives you license to be a jerk. You can be wrong about being right. Always remember that. It might be the only thing you remember today. But God is not a neutral God. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Is that neutral? Matthew 5, 37. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Matthew 12, 33, is that neutrality? You choose, choose for yourselves, Joshua 24, 15. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. You do that right now in your own spirit. What are you gonna serve today? Your rotten feelings? Your mood? See how quiet it gets in here? See, I woke up this morning. I didn't know what day it was. Yeah, I woke up, I, felt, I mean, I'm like, did I start drinking and not know it? I mean, I felt like hungover. I'm like, man, I woke up, I'm like, what day is it? I don't have anything to do today, do I? I'm like, oh, wait, it's church day. I got to preach. I had no idea. So I started talking to myself and I started talking to God. It's going to be a great day. I didn't feel like doing anything. It's going to be a great day. Things are going to be, you know, this is going to go well. That's going to go well. This is going to be a great day. This is perfect. God's working on my behalf. Thank you, Lord, for this day. I didn't feel like doing any of that. We have no water. <laughs> Except for what we stole from the Dexter. So you got to take it, you got to turn the shower like on and off, on and off, so you don't run, run our water out. That's not, you, that's not how you want to start the day. Shut it off. I'm like, don't I pay a lot of money for all this stuff? Didn't I just pay $8,000 for a reverse osmosis upgrade? That's worked out well. <laughs> you have to overcome it. You know what helps? Always think of other people who have it way worse than you. I have, a, I have a water problem. I have a pool in my backyard. I have, I have initiated something that's kind of a joke in my house now that I call my snack basket. It's in my office. It's a giant basket of snacks. 
Who else, who else in the world? And lots of third world countries, they have a snack basket? No, they're just hoping that they can eat that day. They're hoping they can find grubs on the ground, and I'm worried about, my feelings are bad today, so I'm just going to yield to it. No, you start talking to it. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent take it by force. Violence doesn't just mean hitting people, striking people. It means decisive action, violent action, 180 degree turns, denying things that need to be denied, accepting things that need to be accepted, saying things out loud that needs to be said. Some of you need to stop being meditators and start saying things out loud. Well, people will think I'm crazy. So what? So what? I'm walking down the road all the time talking, praying, speaking in tongues. Start saying things out loud. Revelation 3, 15 and 16. Does this sound neutral? I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Neutrality gets you spit out of the mouth of God. You're not neutral. You choose sides. Period. Well, you know, all that stuff that's going on in Israel right now, I'm just going to, you know, let, you know I'm not really going to take sides. No, no. Uh, you take Israel's side. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. A lot of you, there's a lot of externality politics. I understand that. Israel versus Hamas. Could, it, could this whole thing have been stirred up by the world's global elite? Yes. Yes. But it's still, if you, that would be like saying, you know, did the world's global elite stir up, uh, stir up COVID-19? All right, so you, don't, say, so you don't then prosecute the felons involved in it because the global elite did it? So you don't prosecute Anthony Fauci, Francis Collins, Rochelle Walensky, the Biden administration, even member, possibly members of the Trump administration? Yeah, you do. Just because they were used by a greater force doesn't mean you don't prosecute the perpetrators as well as those who convened the perpetrators. It's a very easy decision there. That's why, that's why I got it when I get to page three, which I'm still not even halfway through page one. Why, why is everybody so dumb? Why is everybody so stupid? When does the IDF, which is the Israeli Defense Force, you're like, Tom, this is politics. You shouldn't get it. Do you ever read your Bible about Israel? You ever read it? You ever read the book of Revelation about Israel? You ever read the Old Testament about, uh, about Israel? You ever read the New Testament about Israel? A land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. Amen. For you have made your people, Israel, your very own people. How long? Forever. And you, Lord, have become their God. Second Samuel 7, 24. You might want to know these things before you just have a neutral opinion. Doesn't mean you embrace all the idiocy inside of Israel, because as any country who's 90% vaccinated and all wore masks and want biometric cards, you don't need to embrace all of that. But Hamas versus Israel? Choose freaking sides. It's not hard. The IDF doesn't rape women. The IDF doesn't hold hostages. The IDF doesn't lop off little babies, 40 of them, their little tiny heads, inside of their playpens. They don't do that. Are they perfect? No. Do they at times kill people they shouldn't kill, as what happens in every war? Yes. 
but you have to choose sides. And I just publicly say to the Lord, I choose Israel. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's not politics. That's the Bible. You're not hearing me talk about uh, tax policy. You're not hearing me tell you, you know what, everyone sign up for the RNC. I, listen, I hate both parties because one, uh, this is from Dan Bongino, is the cause of all of your problems. And the other one does absolutely nothing about the problems they cause. But I look at their platforms. One slaughters the unborn, one doesn't. One lops off penises, breasts, and testicles of 14-year-old girls and boys, one doesn't. So if I'm gonna put my name on the dotted line, I'm going, I'm going with the non-baby killers. Because I know what the word of God says. For your, for your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. In your book they all were written, the days, were fashion, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Psalm 139, 16. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Jeremiah 1.5. I don't sign on the dotted line with people who slaughter the unborn. Why are people so stupid? Think about it. That's not a person? How can you be that stupid? If you had an abortion in here, here's the Christian side of it. All you need to do is repent. Turn from your sin, ask God to forgive you, and you're forgiven. He'll forgive every sin you've ever committed, period. I don't care what sin it is. The only sin that God doesn't forgive is the sin of not repenting. God chooses sides, he is not a neutral God. Let me show you this now, machine gun style because I wanna get to some other stuff. First Peter 3.12, for the eyes of the Lord are on who? Are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Um, Tom, God is never against anybody. How many of you know, bro? Hey, hey bro, how many of you know, bro, that our awesome God is never against anybody, bro? That's not the Bible. So what are you preaching if you're preaching that? Heresy. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, period. So don't, well, I don't really like it. Well, don't do evil then. Well, we've all sinned and we've all fallen short. Well, I get it. You know, people always say that stuff. Well, you know, we've all sinned. You've sinned, Tom. Aren't you a hypocrite by telling me to not sin and that the face of the Lord is against me? You're calling me evil? Well, here's the difference. My sin is not accounted to me anymore. Yes, I've sinned. Yes, I've fallen short. But it's not, it's not in my account anymore. Your account is flush with sin. I'm no better than you. I've accepted the one who's better than you. You don't. Narrows the way, and most people won't. Why don't most people get saved? Why? What goes before destruction? That's why most people don't get saved. They never want to come and say that they need it. They're willing to need alcohol to get by every day. They're willing to need relationships to get by every day. They're willing to need fame or fortune or claim to get by every day. But they're not willing to acknowledge to God that they are a sinner in need of forgiveness. So most people die and go straight to hell. Tom, that is not, we don't say that in the modern church. That's why most people are dying and going straight to hell inside of the modern church. That's why they all don masks on, locked down. Upon, I mean, did anybody ever ask a question? 
Why would you just do what you're told to do? Uh, Tom, we are to obey Romans chapter 13, our ruling authorities. Well, first of all, in the United States, we don't have ruling authorities. We have a document that you are, like the Bible, that you follow. So we don't have ruling authorities. We have elected representatives that are to do our will. Not us doing their will. They are to do our will. That's, that's the truth. But why does everyone just do what they're told? Romans 13 is about reasonable governance. You drive, listen, you drive, if you speed and I speed, bad. Bad. I should have changed. I haven't. Am I ever going to change? I'm not going to publicly proclaim that I'm ever going to change. Because I just haven't pulled it off. I'm 55. Law enforcement, you're like, Tom, it's ultimate hypocrisy. I know it makes it worse when you're used to be able to drive however you want in a police car for 25 straight years. I have been pulled over. This is no exaggeration. None. I lost track at 60 times. I'm not kidding. I saw many times by my own law enforcement agency in an unmarked police car. But when the blue lights came on, I could look in the rearview mirror and I knew the guy. You know what I did? Pulled over. That's reasonable governance. You're speeding. I, I keep getting tickets. Why? Because they've given them to my son. We have the same name. And they keep coming to me. I was riding around with tickets. I'm like, my license is going to get suspended. Because he, he used to work out on Boca Grande, so he drove there all the time. And then they're stringent out there with their traffic laws. And he got like three tickets out there. They're all credited to me. I'd call an attorney. Can you fix this? We are paid them all, but I'm like, why? Are, we just paid them because we got the ticket and paid the ticket, but it was all given to me. I didn't pay attention to the driver's license number on there. I got a ticket. I went and visited somebody in the hospital at SMH. I got a ticket coming out because I guess I turned right on red and it wasn't an option to turn right on red, whatever it was. So I got a, I got a ticket. You know what I did with that ticket? I paid it. You know why? Because I broke the law. That's reasonable governance. Reasonable governance is, you know what? Here's your taxes. That's what we all voted for. We lost the election, so we got higher taxes. But you know what? Tax bill comes in. I do everything I can to make it as light as possible, legally. I don't lie. If you lie, you lie on your taxes every year, but I only lie once a year, going straight to hell for it. You're an unrepentant liar. That's the Bible. That's not me. I don't ever hear things like this in church. We had Paul Odato here as the runs CTN, or owns CTN, however they work the system down and manages CTN, down in, in Fort Myers. And he came to come in here, he, we're, and he and I are in full agreement on, on everything, pretty much, but he was like, man, you don't ever hear anybody say things like that. Why? Jesus did. So who are you emulating if you don't? If you don't tell people you're going to die and go straight to hell, and Jesus did, then who are you emulating? Gandhi? <laughs> Buddha? Mom? If you're going to preach, preach. Amen. So the tax bill comes in. I hate it. Listen, I despise that basically 30% of my income disappears. I remember I got sheriff's office friends in here. We used to get, I don't know if they still even do paper anymore, but we used to get a printout every paycheck. 
and it showed where all your money went. I'm like, man, who is FICA? <laughs> that first, the F has to be profane, because <laughs> that's how I feel. But I paid it. That's our law. It's a reasonable governance. Not, hey, you know what? Strap a mask on for nothing. Hey, you know what? Let's all pretend that a 99.9, let's all, let's all, how many of you played pretend games when you were kids? That's all I did. Really, I was, had a great imagination. I played all the time. I could, you know, play for hours just in my own mind in the backyard, war, whatever it is, as well as with friends or whatever. They initiated the entire adult world, I'll just say the entire adult community of the United States of America to all play pretend. Let's all, let's all pretend that a 99.9% survival virus is the bubonic plague, which was 25% survivable. 75% of the people who caught bubonic plague died. But we're all going to play pretend. We're all going to walk around. And then, even though every definitive study that's ever been done say that masks do nothing, and that people, you know, people always like to part and parcel it. Well, you know, that's, you know, surgical masks. No, none of them do anything. N95s don't do anything. Nothing. Not as far as stopping a viral infection. But we're all going to play pretend again. We're going to lock down our churches, send everybody home, and act like that will help. Like that will keep people healthy when 70 to 80% of all COVID cases were caught where? People's in their own home. We're going to send them there and close the beaches. Don't. So nobody gets vitamin D, which cures COVID. Why is everybody so dumb? God takes, and you should take a side on that, not, well... It's what people want. And, you know, I don't want to make people up, up, you know, tight or upset. I don't want to make people uncomfortable. So, do you live like that as a Christian, believing that's a Christian trait? Then why didn't Jesus accommodate the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Right. Why didn't he accommodate them? Yep. That's right. He would have. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. You know what? You're right. Don't do anything on the Sabbath. Everybody, go home and lay still. <laughs> don't move. If you have to blink, blink, but that's it. No work's done on the Sabbath. Why didn't he just capitulate like all the Christians do? The Christian capitulators who do it in the name of Jesus. He didn't, so why do we? Who are you following? If you're doing things or not doing things as Jesus did or didn't do, then who are you following? If you don't talk like Jesus, then who are you following? The eyes of the Lord are on you. How many people are saved in here? The eyes of the Lord are on you, and his ears are attentive to your prayers. Most Christians don't get what they want because they don't ask. They don't definitively ask. Well, Lord, I would love a brand new car. I don't want to be, you know, uh, rude. I don't want to be asking for too much. Um... In humility, Lord, and in deep reverence to you, would you consider giving me a brand new car? Okay, you're getting nothing. That's your harvest. He's honoring you. His eyes are on you. He's going to honor you. You know what I say? Lord, I want a brand new truck. 
I want it. So you know what I expect? I expect it. I expect it. It'll happen. I'll show you. It'll happen. I'll put it on the screen. When I, I'll make that guarantee. When I get it, I'll put it on the screen. I don't, I don't pray mamsy-pamsy neutral prayers. Well, Lord, you know, I've got this sniffle right now. You know, if, if you're not busy, I know that you have a lot of angels to deal with up there, not to mention all the saints that have gone before me. I know that you have limited uh, energy, even though you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you are the Lord and you change not, but I'm moody, so you must be moody. So <laughs> if you can, would you please? No, he's not neutral. Amen. You take it by violence. Lord, I receive my healing through the stripes. That violence, that violence that Jesus endured, I receive my healing through that violence, knowing that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent take it by force. If you don't approach things that's, that way, you're getting nothing. You can justify it all you want, but it's still your harvest. And I just don't believe for that. It's still your harvest whether you believe for it or not. This is where I stand. Still your harvest whether you believe for it or not. Deuteronomy 7.10. The Lord is against those who do evil. Back end of, of 1 Peter 3.12. He repays those who hate him to their face to destroy, to destroy them. He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. That's your God. And we don't ever hear that. That's why everybody is dumb. Because listen, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you don't believe in the fear of God, that's why people are stupid. It's the beginning of being smart. It's fearing God. You hear me quoted all the time, Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who's able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You start off with that fear. It's like every good home, every good home, doesn't take, it doesn't take a village, it takes a mom and a dad. Every good home starts with the fear of dad. If mama is the one who delves out punishment, and I hear preachers preach this, preachers that I love, who their kids have gone astray. Their kids don't serve God. Because they're like, you know, I could never say no to my kids. Um, I could, you know, my wife was the one who did all of that. No, not in my house. There was a, there, listen, the atmosphere changed when I walk in the room. Amen. To this day, it changes when I walk in the room. My son could kill me in two seconds. I have no chance, none. I can't, he's too fast to run away from. He's stronger than me. Okay, listen, he fights way better. He's a black belt in jujitsu. I have no chance. Muay Thai striker, what am I gonna do? Well, when I tell Tommy to jump, you know what he says? How high? Because it's instilled in him. I said yesterday to him, I said, Tommy, listen, I need, he goes, what do you need? And I said, here's the thing. I need you to go to Home Depot buy a bunch of gas cans, take every gas can out of our garage because we have no gas, and I'm like a closet prepper, so I always have lots of gas in more than one way. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I just carry lots of gas in the garage, and so I was like, go take every gas can out of the, gar out of the garage, go to Home Depot, buy me eight more giant gas cans 
fill them all up, buy me, I want, I'm just filling up all my provisions. I want five rolls of Gorilla tape, Gorilla glue, and I needed some other stuff too from Home Depot, whatever. And he's like, he didn't, it was like, oh, jeez, man. Nothing, not a thing, because it was instilled from day one. You can't have a walk with a father that you don't fear. Well, you know, it's talking about reverence there. That's a lie. That's an absolute lie. It's talking about more than reverence. In 95 to 98%, because I can't remember the number, so 90-something percent of cases when you see the fear of the Lord in the Bible, it's reverent fear to awful fear. It's supposed to cover the entire gamut. Yes, we worship him. We give him fear. When we reverence God and we love God, but you should also fear him. You should be scared of God's judgment. That'll keep you on the straight and narrow. That fear was actually sent to the children of Israel. The fear of God to keep you from sinning. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6. Seeing it is, now here it is to your benefit. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. It's dangerous to mess with you. But if you don't believe for it, then that's fine. Don't believe for it. Don't believe for it. Guys, God is on my side. I got a guy who comes to my house and threatens to tear off my roof. God's fighting for me, not for him. So you get both. You get both. That's the fear of the Lord. Matthew 18, 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. God is on your side. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, your sin will be accounted to you, but God's coming after the one who caused you to sin. Because you caused you to sin and another person caused you to sin, possibly. Proverbs 10, 3. The Lord will not, the Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish but he casts away the desires of the wicked. He's not neutral. I'm, I hear Christians all the time. I remember when I was praying, you know, back in the day I was on drugs and you know, all this is gonna bother some of you. Be ready, offense alert, offense <laughs> alert. You know, back in the day I was sleeping with every woman I saw or every guy I saw, drinking, drugging, whatever it may be, but I was praying to the Lord and he always, still was always providing for me. No, he wasn't. The devil was providing for you so that you would keep thinking that you were praying to the Lord, that you, that you would think that God was providing for you. The Lord will, look, here's the problem for it. Okay, which, what are you gonna choose? What's true or what's a lie? See, what's happening today is everybody has to make a decision because you're, gonna, you're going to be lied to. And you have to make a decision of whether or not you're going to perpetuate that lie or be a liar yourself. If you're gonna perpetuate, so you're gonna be a liar or a coward. Those are your two choices in this life, a liar or a coward when it comes to lies. Someone comes up to you and says, you know, we're gonna save the globe by limiting CO2 emissions. Again, let me just give you the stats on CO2 emissions. CO2 right now, what is today? November what? 5th? November 5th of 2023, 0.03% of the atmosphere right now 0.03% 0.03% is CO2. Of that, of that, man contributes to 3% of the 0.03%. Right now, right now, during the great shutdowns and lockdowns and economic problems over the last 20 years, which is 2006 to 2010 and 2020 and 2021, 
when nobody was going to work and everybody was staying home and there were no CO2 emissions? CO2 emissions went up, not down. So you have a choice. Will you be a liar or a coward? If, you, if they tell you, you know what? You need to get your electric car. And you're like, Thomas, politics again. That has nothing to do with politics. That has to do with Revelation 13 and 14, leveraging you into a one-world commerce system where you have no options. No options. You can't go gas up your car. You have one outlet, baby. One outlet. There's lines in California right now, lines in the middle of the night of people waiting to charge their cars. They're all nice and controlled like sheep. That's why I can't stand going to an amusement park. I feel like a, bit, I feel like a piece of cattle waiting three hours to go on, you know, whatever, Pirates of the Caribbean. But when they tell you that, and you say, well, you know, I, I believe we could, we, we, we could do our part to limit emissions. Okay, you are now a liar. Or you cave to it, you cave to it, then you're a coward. You have to do that on everything. Well, you know what? We just, you know, he feels like a woman today. You know, we're, Mike is going to be Marge today. You know, we, I'm going to go ahead and call him Marge, even though I know he's Mike. Okay, you're a coward. If you, then, if you perpetuate that Mike is Marge, then you're a liar and a coward. The world is better off because they're liars. This is why the only Christianity in 2 Peter chapter 2, 20 through 22, where we can be worse off at the end than we were at the beginning, the world can only be liars. You and I can be liars and cowards because we know the truth. We know the truth. What spared Paul from judgment? He didn't know. He was, he was standing over the stoned body of Stephen. And God could have struck him dead right there. Why didn't he? Because he didn't know any better. That's why it's more dangerous to know the truth and perpetuate a lie because you're a coward. They come to you and they say, lock down your church. You go, no, no. Law enforcement comes and talks to you on a separate issue, comes and talks to me and says, I say, yeah, my name's Tom Lipley. And they go, oh, we know who you are. So we're the only church that was open in basically all of Charlotte County at that time. That's how the kingdom of heaven is won. Not physical violence. It's won by spiritual violence. I'm not gonna be a purveyor of lies and I'm not gonna cower to lies. Homosexuality is sin. You know, it just doesn't work. The parts don't fit. For lack of a better term, square peg, round hole. That's the truth. Whiskers are not meant to be rubbed next to each other. Here's the flip side. Here's the flip side. You go to the exact same hell, because there's probably people watching, people in this room, who will amen that, but will sleep with their girlfriend. And you're, or you're not sleeping with one right now, but that's always your Achilles heel. You do good, you're hanging there, you try to be a Christian, but as soon as he or she comes along, you cannot keep your clothes on. You're gonna die and go straight to hell. Is this the same people who bomb an abortion clinic and kill the abortion doctor? Gonna go to the same hell as the abortion doctor they just killed. 
The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish. He takes sides, but he casts away the desires of the wicked. Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked. Those who come up with their Grammy Awards and their Academy Awards, I just want to thank Jesus for effing helping me. No. It's not, it's not true. Out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth just spoke. God sees only the heart. You're not saved. But he heareth the prayer of the righteous far from the wicked. He takes sides. Never think of God as neutral. Proverbs 15, 29, 26. The thoughts, of, the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. Amen. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination. I mean, Tom, Tom I'm, what about the stalwarts of the world? People who are actually nice, worldly people. How many of you know some of those? They're nice, worldly people. Amen. They're not safe. Well, their thoughts are an abomination to the Lord because they're self-righteous. That's just the way it is. Proverbs 15, 8 and 9. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. Well, we're given to charity, even religious people. Given to charity, we, you know, we give to the church. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. God takes sides. Which one are we? Are we the abomination? Or are we the righteous? God takes sides. So now I finally got to it. Why is everybody stupid? <laughs> the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So how can you believe for? I wrote a list down of one, two, four, five, six, eight things. Some of them I already talked about, so I'll skip over them. I'm just, I'm trying to decide which ones to talk about. <laughs> Here's one. How can you be marching with a giant sign that says queers for Palestine? All over the globe. What's funny is I played this on the podcast, or I watched it. I watched so much, and I played so much, I, can't, I don't know which one's which anymore. But I played uh, or watched a video of a guy that was being, yeah, well, I played it on the post game. A guy that was being interviewed who was an Antifa guy protesting for Palestine. And he's calling the interviewer, maybe from PragerU or whatever it was, the interviewer a fascist. Which, by the way, what fascist means is the merging of government and business. That's what it means. That's it. All the racial components, that's not, that doesn't even exist. So who's ever merging government with business is fascism, i.e. pharmaceutical companies and NIH. I digress. But he's sitting there and he calls them a fascist. And, and, like, and then three Palestinian women walk up. And now the guy was saying, because he was a queer for Palestine, or is marching on behalf of queers for Palestine, the Palestinians come up and he says to, in front of them, so he's got the three witnesses, they think that being gay is an abomination. And the three Palestinian women go, it is. <laughs> so he's marching with people 
It's like, you can't even put this into words. Because there's not, you know what, it's like when you have a language barrier, like you talk to somebody who speaks a different language and there's no translation for the word that you're using. There's no way to translate incoherence. He's marching with people who are against his lifestyle, supporting their lifestyle. Supporting the very fact that if he was living in Palestine or on Gaza Strip, they'd throw him off a five-story building. It's a death sentence in Gaza to be gay. It's a, you, you are, if you're a woman in Gaza, you can't show your knees. And you have all these people who are for women's rights marching with the Palestinians. Why is everybody so stupid? Because they don't fear God. The fear of God, listen, it may not make any sense to you. It doesn't make any sense to me either. But the fear of God makes you smart. I don't know why. I don't know how. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, his thoughts and ways are above mine. But the fear of God makes you smart. It is the beginning of wisdom. For some reason, that gives you a shot at being intelligent. That's the only shot you have. Multi, multi millionaires around the globe are unintelligent people. 17 minutes to go. Everybody good? Isaiah 5, 20, 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. That's what we're saying because they have no fear of God. Every, our entire world is an inverted world. Everything that's considered to be a lie is actually the truth. Everything that's considered to be evil is actually good. Everything that's considered to be immoral is actually moral. It's an inverted world. Because of this, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. Not the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. They're wise in their own eyes. And there's not a person in here, and I am in here, who's not struggling with that. Who's wise in their own eyes. You know how many broken and contrite Christians I actually run into? Lots in this church, but not enough in this church. And hardly any in any other church. They're just broken and contrite. You know what? Whatever God tells me to do, I'm going to do. They're not listening to stupid. They're following the word of God, not their own wisdom. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Listen, it's not much different. If you have no fruit to prove that you are correct, how different are you than the gay man marching with the Palestinians who just told him he's an abomination? <laughs> Think about it. How much smarter are you than that person? Tom, have you ever lived that way? I've already told you. I've already told you over and over again. How many years did I waste? 50 years out of 55. 50 out of 55. And I was doing the same thing, wise in my own eyes. The fruit did not verify that I was correct. Your fruit is everything. Tommy preaches three weeks in a row. I know, here's number four. Fruit is everything. There is no other way to measure you. God measures you by your fruit. If there is no fruit that shows you are correct, then you're wrong. Just be like me and go, you know what, man, I might have really screwed this whole thing up here. And some of you who are young and you're 20, don't waste 20 to 50 like I did. Don't waste it. 
Find out where you are wrong. You're wrong when there is no fruit that you're correct. I want to use a bunch of examples, but then I won't get to the part that I want to get to. And God is not neutral about his word. There's no neutrality there. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Salvation is found in no one else. John 14, 6, Acts 4, 12. There's no other name under heaven given to men by which they must be saved. That's it. God's not neutral about his word. John 12, 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. He is not neutral on his word. Deuteronomy 4, 1 and 2. Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may live, listen to the benefits, and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. You don't add, you don't subtract. Well, I think, nope. Well, I, you know, I agree that it's not really beneficial to watch porn, but, no, 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 no. Well, you know, I really know it's really not beneficial to bring alcohol into my home, but eh, wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. So whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. So you're going to bring a deceiver into your home, banking on, well, it's only a sin if you're drunk. Say, wow, it got quiet in here. I need to preach about alcohol more often in this church. <laughs> I don't bring deceivers into my house. Whew, man, quiet. Whew. It's lost about 70 people there. <laughs> See, that doesn't stop me. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Those are the ones who love you the most. You'd be the ones you hate are the ones who love you the most. Revelation 22, 18 and 19, he is not neutral on his word. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. All these pastors skipping Bible verses? You know my favorite pastor, Pastor Skip. (laughs) Pastor Skip verses. God is not neutral on his word. Whatever it says is true. If if the word tells you, I'll be positive. If the word tells you that that Jesus in 2 Corinthians 8 9 became poverty so that you could be rich, then why are you trying to talk yourself out of it? Why are you adding or subtracting from the word? You don't do it when it comes to sin, that Jesus became the propitiation, the sacrifice for your sin. Then why do you do it for wealth? Because you want to make allotment for staying poor. Or middle class, Amen. thinking it's an attribute. You don't have to keep the wealth. There's lots of people that need to be fed. Three to 400 million people died in 2020 and 2021 because the first world shut down. The first world feeds the third world. Primarily, most of those people who died, they died of starvation. They're almost all children. It's an absolute fact. It's a UN statistic. That's not from a bastion of right-wing conspiracy theory. It's all from the lockdown. It's not an attribute to just follow like that. It's not. 
The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. This is where I wanted to get to, and I got 10 minutes. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now remember this as I get into this. Yes, it's taken by force, and it's taken from you by force. The kingdom of heaven is taken by spiritual force. Everybody get that? It's taken, it's given to you by force. You take it by force, and it's taken from you by force. You know a good way for it to be taken from you? Gossip. It's violent. Start gossiping, and you'll lose the kingdom of heaven in your life. It'll be taken from you by violence. Be bitter. Be envious. Be hostile. Be offended. All those things are spiritual violence, and it'll be taken from you. And how do you take it back? Maybe right now you're offended. Maybe right now you're bothered. Maybe right now you're discouraged. It's being taken from you by violence. How do you take it back? Spiritual violence. Go right back at it. Get in its face. No, in Jesus' name. Yes, I feel discouraged right now. I reject that feeling. I say no to that. And listen, do it out loud. Well, my wife will think I'm a nut. She already knows you. You're good. So I want to close out. I want to talk about, this is my first closing. How does the Holy Spirit come? You need to know who God is. How does God operate? How does he operate? I'll give you one example. Butter knife or sharp two-edged sword? Then why is he preached as a butter knife? Why is everything soft and accommodating? It's not how God is. So if you're, not, if you're preaching soft and accommodating, you're not preaching God. I want to congratulate the church, everybody, this morning. Not one couple has actually got up and left today. Good work. Those of you that are new, it's an acquired taste. You simply ask God, is this where you want me to be? Just ask him. If it is, stay here. Those of, you, I wanna, those of you that are watching, I don't know how many people we got on. Where's Aaron? I always knew. It's 300 plus people watching. Listen, love each and every one of you. I used to say, I used to say, you know what? Make sure that you find a church in your area. But since they all stink, <laughs> stay right here. And by the way, they do. They all stink. If I, if I could find one, again, I would be, if I wasn't pastoring this church, I'd be driving to Tampa every Sunday. That's what I would do. I'd either drive there or I'd move there. I moved to the great church. Yes. I have people that leave this church. I'm like, you're crazy. You're better off with a lesser paying job and going to the right church. You're better off staying. You should move to your church, not move from your church. It's that important. Church is that important. And for those of you that are watching, know that you are loved. Know that I appreciate you watching. I do. I really appreciate you watching. And I know why you're watching. There are people around the globe that are with us right now. That we are their church. Good, because don't settle for a lesser church. Don't turn your kids over to a lesser church. Don't turn your own soul over to a lesser church. It needs to be a church that preaches the word of God. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Preach, only go to a church like that. That will drop hellfire and brimstone like it's nothing because that's how Jesus was. So how did the Holy Ghost come? How did he come? He shall baptize you, John the Baptist speaking. 
He that cometh after me is greater than I. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. God is a God of fire. Listen to this, Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably. How many of you think of that when you come to the sanctuary? I'm gonna worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Whether you feel like it or not, he's worthy. Worship God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fuego fire. He is a consuming fire. Fire does not negotiate. Fire is not neutral. Fire burns everything to the ground. And it's great to be refined by God. Then you'd have no sickness, no disease, no depression, no lack, no sin. Burn to the ground. God comes, he doesn't come negotiating a peace. He comes as fire. And that fire can go either way. Zechariah 13, 13, eight and nine. And it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two thirds of that two thirds in it shall be cut off and die, but one third shall be left in it. I will bring the one third through the fire. You got to be willing to go. You got to be willing to let God work a nerve. And you blew that. You blew this. But it's not only it's not only the negative. You have this. You have that. You blew this, but you're healed. You wasted a decade, but you know what? I'm going to make you rich. Let him burn it all. Throw, trust him. Trust the fire of God. Let him, let him burn it all to the ground. Let him burn your sin to the ground. Let him burn your compromise to the ground. Let him burn your lack to the ground. Let him burn your depression to the ground. It'll, just throw it all in the fire. Things that you think benefit you that don't, throw them in the fire. Moving from church to church, throw it in the fire. I don't like, you know, that guy yells and screams at me right now, but I know that I'm called to be here. But what my inherent nature, my carnal nature has always been to move on and to go to the soft peddling, accommodating church. If you go to a soft peddling, friendship, food, fellowship, and fun kind of church, that's what you've always done. That's why there's no fruit in your life, no salvations. And if there's no salvations, no miracles, no provision. You don't give anything to anybody. You never pay anybody else's bills. You can't be going to the right church then. There's no fruit that shows that you are correct. But th one third shall be left in it. I will bring the one third through the fire. We'll refine them as silver is refined. Listen, do you think the metallic material around the silver enjoys the fire? The silver itself is, is melted and bubbles to the surface. Think that's pleasant for the silver? You've got to be willing to let go. God's talking to me all the time. Tom, let it go. Stop, let it go. Start, let it go. Stop, let it go. Start, let it go. Start the things you're supposed to start. Stop the things you're supposed to stop. Not tomorrow. Today, if you're a jerk, stop being a jerk right now. Stop. 
Oh, I don't know if I'm a jerk. Turn to your spouse and ask him. Right now, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm telling you, go ask him. I'm a jerk. Somebody grunts, somebody snorts like a pig when they laugh in the front row. <laughs> There's somebody up here. I love that. Who was that that did it before? I love a good, uh, Natalie. Natalie does it. <laughs> when I really laugh hard, I do it. Comes up. <laughs> I will bring one third through the fire. We'll refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. So you gotta be willing to go through the fire. Otherwise, you're just gonna be held back. You're not really becoming what God has wants you. He wants you to refine you as silver and gold. He doesn't want to leave you as dirt. He wants to refine you as silver and gold. And you choose how the fire of God is applied to you. You choose it. This is almost like what I preached on Christmas Eve last year. Boy, you should have seen the faces. Usually, Hope runs Christmas Eve. Usually, she doesn't unleash me on Christmas Eve, but since the building was destroyed, I was like her only entertainment option. So, <laughs> so I just went up and basically preached the judgment of God on Christmas Eve. I don't think we gained a whole lot of members that night, but I enjoyed it. But you choose how his fire is applied. God is a consuming fire, amen? amen? Now you choose how it's applied to you. You choose. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. They chose it. It's John 15, 6. That's not me making that up. You choose. You choose the refining or the judgment. You choose it. You choose how the Lord of the harvest gives you a harvest. Judgment or refining. Refining to greatness or defeat and judgment. Hebrews 6, 4 through 8. Nobody preaches this ever except for me. I'm telling you, I mean, absolutely no one preaches this. Because, and this is why Christians fall so easily. Because there's no fear of the Lord. I know I'm going a little bit over time, but I'm going to finish this section. I'm going to be done. Thank you, dear. I can hear people talking to me in the front row. You can't. They're responding. For it is impossible for those. This is really good for you to know. Really good for you to know. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them to repentance and say, crucify for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. Since, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. Tom, are you saying there's people who cannot be saved? That's exactly what I'm saying. It's not me that's saying it. So how, does this, I remember talking, it was actually to Hope's dad, Jim. I think all four of us were in the room. So it was me and Norma and Hope and Jim. And Jim was talking about people who just couldn't be saved. And Hope and I both got scared. We were in our 20s. This is when we weren't married. We were dating. And we were both got scared. I'm like, what if that's us? What if that's us? It can't be you if you want to repent. It can't be renewed to repentance. So you don't have to worry. If you're scared right now, you're good. 
If you ain't scared and you're backslidden, you better get scared. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of being smart. Tom, we don't preach fear in our church. How many times is the word fear said in the Bible? Why are you not preaching the Bible? I'm not talking about being scared of dying in a plane crash or a car crash or a sickness, illness, or disease. That's part of the curse. I ain't scared of the curse. I am scared of Jesus who is my judge. John 5, 22 and 23. Jesus isn't a judge. He's a bongo playing, cannabis smoking bongo player. No, he's not. That's what the Friendship Food Fellowship and church, uh, Fun Church tells you. They don't have the four essentials. They have the four Fs. Hebrews 6, 7, and 8. For the earth, which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it, and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated, receives blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, what is your fruit? Berries and apples and oranges or thorns and briars? You already know the answer. What is it? Answer it. Answer in your own mind. What is it? I'm yelling over you for some of you that are answering out loud right now. Don't answer out loud. Answer in your mind. You know whether it's thorns and briars. What's the fruit? Multiple. I'm going back to that church that never holds me accountable. Okay. That's what you'll be up for the rest of your life. You'll never produce salvations. You'll never produce miracles. You'll never win the lost. You'll never feed the poor. You might consider me to be mean, but I do all those things. You don't, and you're the nice one. How are you nice? How are you nice when you don't feed anybody, you never pay anybody's bills, you don't ever win the lost, you never lay hands on the sick and they recover, but you talk in a monotone, sweet voice, and you're the nice one and I'm the mean one? Amen. Judge yourself correctly. You're welcome, man. That's good. Right there, I thoroughly, that was my favorite part of the whole message. <laughs> but if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected. Who is this being written to? The saved or the unsaved? Can't be written to the unsaved, folks. It's to the church in Jerusalem. They never read this. You know how many people have ever read this on planet Earth? There's about 8 billion people live here. You know how many people have probably ever read this verse? If it's a couple million, it'd be a lot. I doubt that a couple hundred thousand have ever read this verse on planet Earth. And nobody reads this verse in the church because it won't make you have a bigger offering. It'll make people that, you know, it'll make people feel unsaved. Um, If they are unsaved, you need to make them feel unsaved. Doesn't mean you don't love them. Listen, if you're unsaved in here, listen, you could be the, the most fornicating fornicator the most homosexual homosexual, the most lying liar on planet, you are more than welcome to stay for food. We love you. Food's free, right in the back, free. So all those people get up, they weren't actually leaving. If they're leaving, they go that way. If they're going to serve, they go this way. Just so you know. You're welcome to stay. We love you. I'm not gonna, t- I'm not gonna lie, to you, but lie to you about the state of your soul. If you don't tell me, then I'm not gonna say anything to you. I'm not going to come up to everybody at the door today and say, um, you know, before you leave, are you a fornicator? <laughs> Adulterer? Liar? Cheat? Homosexual? Uh, what? Why would you ask me if I'm homosexual? Am I putting out some sort of error? That's, a, that's so many men. <laughs> men that get hit on by other men. They're like, am I putting out an error or something? 
Yeah, it means you're good looking. You're good looking. You're attractive to, to everybody who's attracted to men. You're attracted to them. That's what I tell myself. I'm just kidding. I don't think I've ever been hit on by a guy, but I'm trying to think if I have. I mean, if men saw what I watched, if gay men saw what I watched, which is a lot of Hallmark movies, I'd probably be hit on by other men. I've, got, I've, been, I've been compiling a list that I'll read to you next week of the Hallmark movies that I watched so far. I think I've now cracked double digits, and that was prior to, prior to today. So I'm probably in double digits about a month and 20 days out of Christmas. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed whose end is to be burned. Burned. You decide how the fire is applied to you. I'm going long and I'll close quick. I promise you that. I'm going long and I'll close quick, but I want to get to this. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. You decide whether you get the refining fire or the judgment fire. If you live in sin or you live in denial, not good denial where you deny yourself, you live in denial. There's a lot of people who are jerks that are going to heaven. You can be a jerk and go to heaven. You can be stupid and go to heaven. You can be depressed and go to heaven. You can be full of anxiety attacks and go to heaven. Can't go to heaven if you're living in sin. So it covers that. And I always like to cover the troubled Christians who have no fruit of being correct. Whatever that may be, whatever it is, you already know. And I don't have time to get into it. You decide how the fire is applied to you. You decide whether it's a refining fire or a judgmental fire. I want the refining. I don't want any of the judgmental fire. So I run from that. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as, so, as, as if some strange thing was happening to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. You got the, a fiery trial. Does not mean you're incorrect. Everybody thinks that when you get persecuted, that means you're incorrect. If you're being persecuted for being godly, you are correct. You can have an empty church and be correct. God will eventually fill it. You can, listen, there is nobody on the planet who runs more people out of a building than me. Look at all the people that are here. You guys are, you guys are the exception to the rule. I know some of you are forced to be here. That if it, if it wasn't for the person sitting next to you, you'd be at another church today. I get it. But you're crazy to go to those lukewarm, COVID-caving, mask-wearing, vaccine-pimping horror churches. You, have, you, you, are, you, are, you are absolutely crazy to go to a church like that. Amen. Whatever situation comes your way, you respond to it with the word of God. Unequivocally, unambiguously. Right now, word of God. Does your church respond that way? Why would you ever go there again? Why would you ever go there again? And, that, and by the way, it won't just be to COVID, it'll be to everything else too. So just because you're going through a fiery trial, which is to try you, that can be God in the midst of those flames. He's trying to burn away the chaff. That's his, that's his nature. He burns away the chaff. Just like I talked about when I was talking earlier about Matthew 3.11 and 3.12. 
He that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. You gotta be willing to let him burn the chaff off. If you're someone like me who's wasted a lot of years, you got a lot of chaff hanging off. Burn it. You already, listen, Tom, you could be more specific. I could, I could go over a long list of chaff. But you already know what your chaff is. And again, if you don't know, I'm giving you license. I'm, like a, I, I'm telling you right now, we're gonna close quick. I'm gonna close the day. We're not gonna have a long ending today. Listen, if you don't know, how many of you are married in here? Shout amen. Yeah. Ask your wife right next to you, what's my chaff? And the wife, ask your husband, what's my chaff? You got a best friend with you? That'll qualify. Ask them. Not a best friend who kisses your butt all the time and licks your boots. I'm talking about, you just see some of the spouses right now. You won't, you, they won't even look at each other. They are locked in. You've never been so locked in in your life. Usually, usually got your arms around each other. You're what I call love-making worshipers. I like to make love in the presence of God. I'm like, please leave each other alone and raise your hands to God and get your hands off your wife. <laughs> you see, I'm just like, you can't be afraid of it. Can't be afraid of your chaff. It's not accommodating the chaff. You just can't be afraid of it. Let them burn it off. If you're a weirdo, let him burn it off. If you're an irritating person, let him burn it off. Just acknowledge, I'm weird and I'm irritating. You're never gonna have any fruit being weird and irritating. You can't minister to people being weird and irritating. And again, you're like, Tom, you're mean. That's almost like the Trump thing. Everybody would rather have hyperinflation, an open southern border, a war in Ukraine, a war on the Gaza Strip, an abomination in Afghanistan, transgender policy. I'm talking about Christians, and I'm talking about Republicans. They'd rather have that than mean tweets. And that's very, symbol that's very symbolic of those of you who are sitting right there going right now, well, yeah, I know I've got a lot of problems, and I'm weird, and I'm irritating, and I, don't, I have no fruit that I'm correct at all, no fruit of salvation, no fruit of anything, but at least I don't yell like Tom does. <laughs> at, least I, at least I have a nice tone. You're just wise in your own eyes and prudent in your own sight. A tree is known by its fruit. I'm mean and I yell and scream, but I've got fruit, you don't. And I'm only talking about the ones sitting back going, I just don't, I just, I agree, ostensibly, 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 I agree with the message, but I just don't agree with the tone. I just don't agree with the tone. Well, whoop de doo Unless you're outproducing me, your tone does not trump my message. I don't make that argument with Rodney Howard Brown. I don't go to Rodney Howard Brown. Uh, I have to be writing you. No, because in his church today, there's 3,000 people sitting there. 3,000 people plus are at his church today. 
He'll feed 1,000 to 2,000 families today. So I don't go to him. Well, because, you know, you may not yell and scream like me, but I, got, I produce more than you do. Uh, I just, I don't. He hardly ever yells and screams. But I, I don't make that. I'm making it with you. And I'm not, most of you are fine. I'm looking around. Faces are pretty decent this morning. Fair to partly cloudy. Small chance of rain later in the afternoon. Cold front coming through. But I just encourage you. I'm closing with this. Worship team, make your way. I encourage you to let the fire of God burn. Let it burn. The refining fire of God, let it burn. Because that's the one. That's the one that you can choose. Otherwise, you get the judgment one. I don't want that one. I don't want God's judgment. I want his mercy. I love the merciful side of God. It's funny because Aaron, that's Aaron. He struggles with this. When it comes to Bill Gates, when it comes to Bill Gates, Aaron's like, <laughs> he goes, I really struggle about whether I really want him to ever get saved. Because I want him to pay for what he's done. <laughs> you know? It's tough. It is. But you just make the decision. You make the decision. I'd rather him have mercy. I would, because nobody, all have sinned and fallen short. All have sinned and fallen short. And there's a big difference. I'll close right here. That's it. Done. It's sad, too, and it's not. It's sad. No, we know I could be together again for a whole other week, right? It's kind of sad. I miss you guys. I do. I miss you. I love being here. I love preaching. I do. I love being here. I love preaching. It's good stuff. Yeah, I'll see you Tuesday night. <laughs> Every Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. But just allow God to burn. Let him burn it. You already know what it is. Again, I could spend 30 minutes on a list and we're, gonna, we're closing right now. You'll be out of here by no later than 1235. And it's 1226 right now. So you can relax. I promise you, you'll be out of here by 1235, no later. But I just encourage you, you already know. I could give you a list, but you already know. I know what mine is. I know what my problems are. Do you? What are they? Name them. Give them to God out loud. Give them to, don't, don't meditate them. Give them to God. There's a whole other part of this message on confession. Everybody wants to just think it. Everyone wants to just not acknowledge. Not acknowledging is not nearly as good. Or acknowledging is not nearly as good as confessing. Well, I acknowledge that I was wrong. No, you got to confess it. I've acknowledged it to my wife because, you know, I brought her flowers. So you are a giant glistening turd. I like glistening. Fresh. Fresh, stinky glistening. All right. You're a giant turd, and you just bring home some flowers, or you're just nice the rest of the day, nicer than you usually are, to acknowledge that you were wrong. No, you need to confess that you were wrong. That's God's way. That's fire. That's fire. Go and confess it. That's the fire of God. Do these things, do them out loud, and let the fire of God burn. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to do this, and we're leaving.
Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I'm asking you this morning or this afternoon now, where do you stand with God? Every Christian in this house should be praying. If you're in right standing with God, you should be praying. There's nothing more important than what we're doing right now. It may appear to be as there's stadiums filled with 80, 90, 100,000 people screaming for people they'll never meet in person that have no effect on their lives at all. That seems important today, but none of that's important. It's important is what's happening in this room right now. In very few rooms around the world are offering legitimate salvation today. They're offering fresh starts, new beginnings, and false Christianity. We're not doing that. I'm offering you salvation or a return to the Lord based on the fire of God. So if you need to get your life right with God this morning, I'm gonna put you in two categories. We don't categorize people, I do, because the Bible does. Have you fallen away from God? Falling away does not mean that you sinned twice yesterday. So please understand the ridiculous, at times, Calvinist argument of, oh, you're saying that if you cuss one time or you sin one time, that means you're gonna die and go to, nobody has ever said that. It's anyone who lives like this. I warn you now, as I've warned you before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and overcome, they're worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. I'm not talking about that you struggle with sin. I'm talking about that you have conceded to sin. You've moved in with the girl. You've just decided you need to lie to get through life, but everything else is all right. Every, you, you don't sin in any other way except you lie every day. Those are hell-bound decisions. Those are concession, lifestyle sins. I'm talking about struggling. I'm talking about concession. If that's you and you've fallen away, you've backslidden because of sin, you already know it's you. Remember what I read to you today, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put them to an open shame. Don't let that be you by staying in perpetual sin that hardens your heart to ever repenting, hardens your heart beyond the ability to repent. Don't let that be you. If that's you this morning, you know that you this afternoon, if you need to get right with God, you're falling away from God. Now is your time. Maybe you've never been saved. You've never been saved. Or maybe people think you're saved, but you know what? You know you're not. Either way, if that's you and you're ready to come home to God, you're ready to be forgiven. That's all salvation means, forgiven. Sins no longer attributed to your account. They're attributed to the count of Jesus on the cross. If you're ready to be saved, now is your time. You never have to come back to this church again, but I'm telling you, you need to get saved if that's you. If that's you, right where you're at, I promise you this, to put your heart at ease, I am not gonna bring you forward. Nobody's gonna ever know that you raised your hand, because that's the only thing I'm gonna ask you to do is raise your hand and pray. Nobody's ever gonna know that you raised your hand but me. I'm your accountability. If you need to get your life right with God this morning and you're ready to be forgiven, you're ready to join the family of God, 
I'm not gonna take you to a back room. You're not gonna come forward. I'm gonna ask you to do one physical thing, and that's to raise your hand. So right where you're at, if that's you, stretch your hand up into the air as high as you can stretch it. Be bold about it. I'm looking to my left. I got you to my left. I'm looking to my center left. I got you to my center left. Looking to my center right. I got you to my center right. I'm looking to my, to my right. I got you to my right. Two people on my right. God bless you. Those of you who lifted up your hands, the entire church is going to pray this out loud with you. You pray it, you mean it, and you are saved. It's done. Everybody pray this out loud. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on, in Jesus' name. Church shouts, amen. amen. Listen to this before you go. A friend of mine named Ann Ket Rambabu, that's his name, little tiny Indian guy, but a powerful man of God who is doing a tent revival in Sarasota on the fairgrounds, which is Robarts, near Robarts Arena. He'll be there all week long. I'll be there one night, I won't be speaking, I'm gonna just be there attending. But I'll be there one night, we're gonna to contribute to it financially from the church also. But he's a great man of God, it's called the Tent of Miracles. It starts tonight, if you can make it up there, try to get there, put it out to as many people. Listen, I'm gonna tell you what, if you need to be healed, get that little tiny Indian's hands on you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the power of God throws through that man. Seriously, he really does. So be there. Be there all week long, all the way through Saturday or Friday. I can't remember which. I'll have to confirm it, but bare minimum through Friday. If you need prayer this morning, if you need prayer, prayer teams will be meeting on the side. They will pray. They believe the same way I do. It's no different. If you are so desperate that you want me to pray for you, I'll do it. You just got to hang out. I'll play hands on you. You just got to hang out. We got to get people behind you so you don't fall on the concrete. But, but, I'll pray for you, I promise you. I won't let you leave without you being prayed for. If it has to be me, it has to be me. I'm fine with it, no problem at all. Everybody good, 1234, I'm gonna make it. Stand with me, I'm gonna make it. Come on, every hand in the air, receive this. Lord, from this Sunday to the next, all these hours and all these days this week, we receive out of the covenant of Jesus all of the promises of God to this fruition. This will be the greatest week of our lives. In Jesus' name, church shouts, amen and amen.